the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon and greetings to you. Thanks for coming along today. Another beautiful day here in the city of Pittsburgh. We have a uh, chocked full show today with thoughts and ideas to take you on the ride home. <laughs> I got a lot of thoughts and ideas for you. <laughs> Good. Well, you got a 50,000 watt blowtorch <laughs> to express those thoughts. Good to see you today, Kevin. Yeah. Happy to be here, John. I'm really excited about the guests we have mm-hmm. uh, in front of us today. And um, if you'd like to watch the program, you can do that. We uh, stream every single day, Facebook Live. So if you log on to Facebook and go to 101.5 Word FM or the Ride Home with Johnny Kathy, which I am desperately trying to share to right now, but I'm having a little bit of a technical difficulty. Um, in a couple of minutes, I will have efforted that. Um, you can watch the show. You can say hi to us. Nice. You can leave us messages. You can, you know, we have several Chime people in. who repeatedly comment on guests and our topics and whatever as the show goes on. Right, I find that re- I find that really entertaining. Right, so well. we would love for you to be a part of that. John doesn't find it entertaining. Well, but you I know, do. it comes with a double-edged sword. <laughs> if you Does care about not? me at all, right. I would ask you to leave comments. I, I, you never know what's going to come our way. I was excited today because as I was uh, coming into work today, uh, I saw my neighborhood farmer's market was open for business. Isn't that a good feeling? Well, uh, it's still kind of early, isn't it? No. What would be no, at no, the no. farmer's market? Lettuce. There are a lot of lettuces that are available now. Yeah. Um, there's probably um, Italian parsley available now. Okay. Um, but no probably. tomatoes, of course. What, way too early. No, tomatoes aren't right. going to be till Not till August. Yeah. Late there, July. There could be some right? early ones, though. There are early bird tomatoes but that are know. probably coming out now. I look forward to that. always that first bite of a fresh tomato. Yeah, I like know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we have to wait for Give these things, John. Look, I'm sharing it to the Ride Home page right now. Look, it's done. All right. Good job to How you, Kath. Thank you so much. Efforting Thank uh, you. tomatoes in one hand mm-hmm. and the internet Try in you the have to other. Be, you have to be, um, you have to be uh, uh, ambidextrous yes. in this position. All right. Well, the world continues to turn. And as we always do, we get underway looking at the uh, news of the world today. Kath, okay. the top stories. Please give us the top four at four. Yes, indeed. For Thursday, June 17th, 2021. As you heard in the top of the hour news broadcast, the Supreme Court kept the Affordable Care Act alive today, ruling in a 7-2 decision that Texas and 17 other states, plus two individuals, lacked standing to challenge its constitutionality. Fox News is reporting with the Supreme Court's ruling that the entirety of Obamacare remains in place. Democrats had claimed that the court was sure to scrap the Affordable Care Act, commonly known as Obamacare, if Justice Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed at the Supreme Court. Remember that? I sure do. Remember, we can't possibly have her on the court, even though she's totally qualified because the Affordable Care Act is going to go down in flames. Well, guess what? Barrett, the third justice appointed by former President Donald Trump, was among the majority who voted in the law's favor. See, so all of that angst. I mean, really, it's just completely wasted energy. Number two. 
And in more Supreme Court news, the court unanimously sided with a Catholic foster care agency that says its religious views prevented from working with same-sex couples as foster parents. The justices said the city of Philadelphia wrongly limited its relationship with the group as a result of the agency's policy. In writing for the court, Chief Justice John Roberts stated that the group seeks, quote, only an accommodation that will allow it to continue serving the children of Philadelphia in a manner consistent with its religious beliefs. It does not seek to impose those beliefs on anyone else. Yes. Here, here. Now, what's amazing is it's not a majority opinion. It is the nine zip opinion. Nine zero, which is amazing. Yes, it is. Absolutely right. And number three, President Biden today signed into law a measure that makes June 19th or Juneteenth a federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. According to CBS News, the Juneteenth Independence Day Act headed to Mr. Biden's desk after it overwhelmingly passed the House on Wednesday and the Senate on Tuesday. Fourteen Republicans opposed the legislation in the House. House and zero Democrats. With its passage, Juneteenth, also known as Emancipation Day or Freedom Day, is poised to become the nation's 12th federal holiday. Right. Now, here's the weird no, thing. No, wait. It's the first new federal holiday since MLK Junior Day, which was established in what year? Uh, 1981. 83. Okay. It's still sickeningly yeah, close. It's kind of far away. It's two years away. Anyway, the, the weird thing is, so uh, I don't know if the president has signed this yet, but tomorrow... All federal workers get the day off. Uh, yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, wait, this year? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, tomorrow. Are we... Do we have to come in? We're not a federal worker. Oh, darn. So you should have been a postman. Number four. Vice President Kamala Harris plans to travel right here to Pittsburgh on Monday, White House officials announced. According to the Trib, Harris will be joined during her visit to Western PA by U.S. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh, the former Boston mayor who became the final department secretary of President Biden's cabinet to be confirmed on March 22nd. And why why is he coming? I'm not sure, but we welcome it. Um, No further information, however, available about next week's trip. And that is your top four. four. No doubt, as uh, you know, out of town dignitaries stop in. They always have to stop at Permanis, which everybody has stopped at Permanis. Right, I haven't been to Permanis in about five years because you but, have not been, you know, out late night drinking. Okay, I have a PS. Mm. This is kind of a bonus, but not really because it's bad news. P.S. The Pirates are terrible. They've lost 10 straight. And in yesterday's game, former Bucko Josh Bell hit a two-run homer in the seventh to lift the Nats Uh-oh. to win and also assure a sweep by the Nationals. And today, blessedly, the Pirates are off. It's an off day. They can't lose today. Although they could probably find a way to lose on a Thursday. Oh, when Josh That's Bell hit that home run, I thought, really? It's just, it's, it's the insulting. final insult. It's yeah. the f- oh, there's plenty more of those. Believe me, there's oh. plenty more insults. Okay, thank you for those uh, mm-hmm. interesting stories today. Happy to help. Calf, a lot going on. We're going to step away for just a, a little bit. When we do come back, character is destiny for the Southern Baptist Convention. And for everybody. Yes, of course. David French will join us to talk about that. I believe the Southern Baptists are wrapping up in Nashville. They're either wrapping or have wrapped. Okay, so we'll talk about that. To character is destiny. It's the Ride Home, the Thursday edition. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk on Radio 101.5. Find us on Facebook. Word FM, W-O-R-D. W-O-R-D. And they lived happily ever after. 
Ever wonder if they did? <laughs> well, marriage is not a fairy tale. It's a great adventure. That's why Family Life Today wants to give you their Love You Better plan, 30 days to love your spouse better. You'll also be entered to win a Family Life Love Like You Mean It marriage cruise with money to cover additional expenses. Enter today and every day. Go to wordfm.com slash love. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Southern Baptist Convention met this week in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was a cataclysmic gathering. A lot of changes, lots of conversation and action uh, henceforth. David French is with us. He is uh, covering the Southern Baptist Convention. Character is destiny for the Southern Baptist Convention that David wrote this past weekend at the Dispatch. David French is the senior editor at the Dispatch. It's a, uh, it's something that we read every day here at the re, uh, station. David's a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. He's also a uh, um, an attorney concentrating his practice in constitutional law, a New York Times bestselling author as well, and a graduate of Harvard Law School. David, thanks for being with us again. 
my HBO Silicon Valley uh, Pied Piper T-shirt on. Today. I like it. I like that. That's hashtag represent. Good job, pal. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not, not looking uh, very expert in much of anything at the moment. You look relaxed, which is key. <laughs> That's okay. The point is, is that you've done a lot of terrific writing uh, lately, as you always do, David. And um, you devoted some time to talk about the Southern Baptist Convention, which is just wrapping up or has wrapped. I'm not exactly sure what the uh, end uh, time of that is. So talk about it. I mean, in a lot of ways there were elements of it that were a big surprise to me um tell us your reaction yeah i you know i i was actually i've been talking to a bunch of sbc insiders getting their their reactions to it in the last few days and asked them if they were surprised because i was surprised by a few things not everything that occurred i think i was very surprised that al moeller for example was a distant third in the presidential voting Mm -hmm. that surprised me I was not surprised uh, that the messengers voted to um, for a robust investigation of the SBC executive committee. Uh, I was not I was a little bit surprised that uh, they left resolution nine, which was the resolution two years ago, much maligned, although I think quite solid on critical critical race theory and intersectionality intact. Um, I was surprised by that, too. And I was uh, it was very interesting to me. If if all you knew uh, w- about the SBC convention going in was what you were seeing with Twitter and online energy, right. you would have thought that everything was going to come out differently. And it's yet another reminder that yes. the online world is not necessarily the real life world. And in fact, a lot of what occurred was um, the messengers of the Southern Baptist Convention, because this was not conservative versus liberal. This was not conservative versus progressive. Everyone in that room was believes in the in authority and inerrancy of scripture uh what i in many ways what you saw was uh, a a church body confirming their their fundamental idea identity as a missional uh christian uh cooperating congregation uh, denomination and repudiating the idea that they're fundamentally and centered around the culture war mm-hmm. and i think that that was a very interesting um outcome Right. Now, David, people who are listening or watching at home, they, they may be Presbyterians or, you know, Baptists or... Because we don't Lutherans. have a lot of Southern Baptists here in Pittsburgh. We don't. The Southern Baptists yeah, are not I, part I of us. So why do the Southern Baptists matter so much? And clearly they do. Well, it's a, there's a really simple answer to that. It's the largest Protestant denomination in the United States of America. It's 14 million people, even though there's been, you know, a decline of 2 million since, um, you know, around 2006 or so. But it's 14 million people, and most and much of the nation, the Southern Baptist denomination is the largest denomination, Protestant denomination in the state. So it's the largest in the nation. It dominates in many states, and because of its sheer numbers and its sheer size, it has a disproportionate influence on evangelical Christianity in general. So, for example, I'm PCA. We're not tiny, several hundred thousand. But what happens in our, you know, in our meetings does not necessarily have ripple and radiate outward into the rest of evangelicalism quite the way it does with the SBC. David, let's talk about this complicated issue about how churches and, you know, we can we can think about the, the local church or we can think about a larger, you know, or a huge denomination like the SBC um, deals with decision making while at the same time American culture is dealing with decision making. So I'm talking about social issues that are discussed, much discussed in culture and then come into the mainstream in in the church as well. And it seems as if the church is playing 
catch up. Um, you know, give give us your feel on that. I'm not sure what I'm asking you. I guess I don't know if yeah. I want you to weigh in on your opinion on it or whether you think it's good <laughs> or bad or what, or maybe it's just a thing that is. Well, I think that when it comes to the right, um, when it comes to the American right, I don't think the SBC plays catch up. I think in big, in a lot of ways, it's a driver. Mm. It's a cultural driver because it's so big. I mean, it's 14 million people. So a lot of the concerns that you see in the SBC are the concerns that you'll hear in much of the American right because the SBC is overwhelmingly politically conservative. So, for example, concerns about critical race theory, very prominent in the SBC. Concerns about abortion, very prominent in the SBC convention this year. Concerns about um, sexual abuse, very prominent in some of those things, the um, the issue, for example, the sex abuse issue, um, this sort of hashtag church Two, kind of came along after the Me Too movements uh, launched, although the concerns that there had been underlying concerns for many, many years um, in other areas. I would argue that a lot of the Baptists arguments about CRT, critical race theory, were have been driving the bus about a lot of the arguments that we've had in, in the country. Um, and then there's a sunder, sort of underlying issue as well, which is how much is a huge uh, religious institution and organization that's comprised of people from, although disproportionately Southern, from all 50 states, from every you know race, creed, color in the United States of America, how much is it going to be defined by a particular political point of view more so than, say, a particular theological point sure. of view? And so- there was a lot in addition to scandals um, involving le- the senior leadership of the SBC. There was just a lot going on. <laughs> right. So let's talk about some of those things. Um, I, I think one of the things, the, the big surprise for me, although, you know, being the outsider, other than the um, election of Ed Litton as the new president of the SBC, w- what was really interesting was that the word was voted uh, into that if you were involved in ministry as a pastor or as a lay leader and you were uh, accused of or uh, convicted of some sort of sexual uh, shenanigans, I'll say that, right, then you were no longer fit to be part of ministry. I mean, you would think that would have happened, you know, a decade or more or a lot longer ago, but this is news for the SBC. Well, you know, one of the things I think um, – you know, the SBC is not a top down, top down hierarchical organization mm-hmm. in the way that other many other denominations might be. Um, congregations are pretty autonomous. I mean, they they speak of cooperation They're You know, they cooperate with each other. But they, they, there is a lot. There's not a lot of top down control in the SBC. And so to a large degree, a lot of local congregations were sort of left to their own devices. How do they mm-hmm. handle sex abuse? And part of that is, you know, uh, some of that is a product of the denominational structure. And what's happened as a result of a lot of investigatory reports, a lot of revelations, is that that's just not been completely adequate to deal with the problem. That um, people have been able to move from church to church. Abusers, for example, have been able to move from church to church. And what the SBC is trying to do is to adapt to and respond to a lot of these abuse allegations. And have done so in a way that in many ways has repudiated some of the guidance of their own executive committee mm-hmm. um, to strengthen protections and strengthen investigatory powers. Uh, so, you know, there was a reason why there's one of the more sort of enduring images already of the convention was a, a small group of survivors of sex abuse hugging each other um, in a moment of a deeply emotional moment of triumph that they had 
been able to achieve some real change. Yeah. David French is with us. He's the senior editor at The Dispatch, which we absolutely love. Mm-hmm. I mean, am I speaking for you? Yeah, we're going to we'll talk more about that before the uh, end of the segment. But I, I just love The Dispatch. Anyway, David's also an attorney um, and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, David, I want to talk about the emails that were leaked to Religion News Service, um, Russell Moore's email or Russell Moore's statements um, that were right. leaked to Religion News Service maybe a week or so before the start of the SBC convention. Um, Russell Moore, you know, for people, again, people in this area not paying as close attention to it, but Russell Moore's been a good friend of the program, um, and we admire him a lot as a person, and just we're really, I was just really grieved uh, to read what he wrote there, and what his yeah. life, his professional life, and personal life have been like over the last few years. He described a campaign of psychological terror that was waged against him. He talked about vicious guerrilla tactics um, that were basically as a result of him trying to uh, stand up and make change for people who have stated that they've been sexually abused and, of course, racial reconciliation issues as well. Um, I guess my question is about hum- humane treatment of each other. Uh, is, is, I, don't, yeah. I, I think we can just start at that base level. Yeah, so there has been a – I'm, I'm not quite sure the right term to apply, but there has been a reactionary – ultra-conservative slash fundamentalist backlash within the Southern Baptist Convention to, um, for example, uh, to any to, to efforts to try to increase outreach um, to achieve racial reconciliation, to efforts to um, increase, uh, you know, uh, uh, to, make, to create a more effective response to sex, sexual abuse, um, some lingering fury and anger over elections aimed at people who didn't support Donald Trump. And these entities and individuals, for various reasons related to one or two or through all three of those issues, have really uh, – they hit hard, hit Russell Moore very hard. They attacked Russell Moore very hard. Some of them outright neo-Confederates, as he described in his writing. Now, that's not most Baptists. And, yeah. and time and time again, that sort of hard, hardcore conservative uh, culture war wing of the Southern Baptist Convention was repudiated and defeated at the convention time and time again. But that doesn't mean that Russell Moore's life was any less difficult. Uh, you know, that doesn't undo the history of the last five years. And I think it's important for people to realize that, you know, a couple of things were going on at, at senior leadership levels of the Southern Baptist Convention, and one was just some really um, unbelievable examples of insensitivity to abuse victims, um, uh, insensitivity is sort of a, a, a mild way of saying it to some profoundly important issues of race, and an awful lot of cruelty directed at yes. dissenters. And and that's a that that all of that comes through in, in Russell Moore's letters, and it's grievous and. In fact, he did endure a campaign of psychological warfare over these last five, five years from fellow members of his own convention, and it's, it is grievous. From people who believe in Jesus. Right, right, who profess belief in Jesus, yeah. yes. And that's the interesting thing, isn't it? I mean, uh, on Sunday morning when you gather with your local church and you sit in a pew and you worship, 
that's a long road into what swirls around whether, you know, whatever your particular denomination is. That uh, as believers, the culture, and I, it, you know, I've been around it for, uh, you know, a number of decades, David. It feels as though the culture is such a tsunami right now, and it envelops Christendom for better or worse. Um, what do you think? I mean, th- this is a sort of a watershed moment, of course, across the country. And and as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're carrying multiple things at the same time. At the same time, you're trying to be faithful and be a believer in Christ and be uh, a good Norm- steward. And be normal. Right. And I mean, be normal. <laughs> it, it, it's a very yeah. difficult time, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And there's a, there's an, an, a lot of people Again, not a majority, but a lot of people, a significant minority, who essentially seem to believe that kindness, decency, humility, all of these, all of these things are to be jettisoned, to be cast aside if you're you know, owning the libs or if you're taking on someone who you call as woke, a word that doesn't even really have meaning anymore because it's usually – it's now used increasingly by people on the right to describe anyone who disagrees with them on issues of race or gender in any way. And so – this kind of cruelty as a tactic, which we see in mainstream American politics, is now spreading in American religion. And it's always just – it's the ends justify the means. They are, they're always fighting for such a righteous cause that civility or decency are seen as um, an impediment to political victory, to religious victory. But this is not a, this is not a new phenomenon. I saw a tweet the other day where it's talking about um, – the Apostle Paul had two main messages. One message was, "You are heirs to uh, you know you are heirs to indescribable glory through uh, because of unimaginable grace." And the other one was, "Can't you freaks act normal <laughs> for just like five minutes?" That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question of the oh, day. Oh, it really is. Uh, all right, David. Um, I, I'm in a I'm in a great position, as is John. I think you are too, David. Where we've got kids old enough where we can talk about these issues with them. And I guess the last thing I want to say is something you alluded to at the beginning of our uh, time together, which was, you know, watching the Twitter storm before the convention led us to think that the convention was going to go a certain way. And then we actually watched what happened. And then in reflecting upon it, I was sitting with my daughter last night and I said, hey, you know what? This is a good lesson to keep in mind is that what we see on Twitter is a very small group of loud people who have particular opinions. It's not necessarily indicative of the wider world, right? It's something we all need to keep in mind. Yeah. Twitter is comprised of a very small minority of disproportionately extremist Americans. So disproportionately political hobbyists or people who really enjoy um, pol- political and theological argument online, it, it is they are disproportionately concentrated on Twitter. And so it is very difficult to get a sense of what an average person thinks about almost anything by watching Twitter. And we need to remember that if we're reporting on religion. We need to remember that if we're reporting on politics. You cannot get a sense of who your opponents truly are by watching Twitter. You just can't. And you also can't get a sense of the relative strength of different political movements by watching Twitter. Uh, If you went by Twitter alone, for example, there's no way on earth Joe Biden would have been the Democratic nominee. He was the last choice of Democratic Twitter. So and he won a resounding primary victory. So there is a huge gap between between what you see on Twitter. I'm not saying Twitter's useless, but it is a terrible gauge of where the public public is. It's a great gauge of where a lot of extremists are, 
Right. It's a terrible gauge of where the public is. Right. And there's that, yeah. uh, that, that tightrope of being a faithful believer in Jesus, as I alluded to, in the Sunday uh, pew uh, worshiping, at the same time being engaged and being aware and being active in what the culture and how that intercedes and connects with religion. Yeah, well, I thought one of the most interesting aspects of the convention was who actually won the presidency. Uh, you know, with Ed Linton winning the presidency, he defeated a guy who was running against the culture warrior, um, Mike Stone, and he defeated another guy, Al uh, Mueller, one of the most respected and well-known people in the entire SBC, but who's also very much known as a cultural commentator. And and the winner was mainly known for being a pastor, mm-hmm. um, not pro- being progressive, not being political, whatever, but mainly known for being a pastor. And I think that that yeah. is an interesting development. That's a really – I think that, that- – that makes my heart glad. Yeah. Well, David, you've made our heart glad today. Really good to see you again. Talk about the dispatch before you leave us. Yeah, uh, the dispatch.com. It is, we're a um, conservative publication that was founded with the idea of let's take a breath from the hot takes. Let's mm-hmm. take a breath from the outrage cycle and take a closer look at what's really going on. And so if you want more in-depth reporting from we're we're conservative, but we're not partisan. And from a nonpartisan perspective uh, that tries to take a hard, fair look at what's really happening, check us out, thedispatch.com. Always a pleasure, David. Thanks so much Thanks, for being David. with us. Thanks, David. Good to see you. Good to see you all. Thank you. Nonpartisan and a believer in Jesus Christ, the two can go hand in hand. We'll take a quick break, come back. We're just getting underway with the Ride Home with John and Kathy for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on Word FM. Are you a successful advertising sales professional? Are you happy with your current company? I'm Mike Reed, Senior Vice President of Salem Media Representatives. 2020 was a record year for our company, and that momentum has carried over to this year. As a result, we are looking to expand our sales team. Each day, our national marketing strategists work with CEOs, chief marketing officers, ad agency executives, and buyers to construct successful multimedia ad campaigns. Salem Media Representatives represents hundreds of radio stations, including several of America's largest contemporary Christian music stations, the Salem Radio Network talk shows, and the Salem Podcast and Influencer Networks. Our national marketing strategists enjoy a competitive yet positive management supportive environment and a competitive compensation package. If you're a successful advertising sales professional, let's talk. Email us your resume at sales at salemreps.com. That's sales at salemreps.com. Salem Media Representatives is a division of Salem Media Group, an equal opportunity employer. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800 800- Three nine one zero nine five four. Use promo code word or right now mypillow.com. Mypillow.com. 
Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Now is the time to get a new job. Express Employment Professionals never charges job seekers a fee and has more than 35,000 job openings with high demand in construction, driving, logistics, and administrative jobs. Find a location near you at ExpressPros.com or on the Express Jobs app. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 59. Variable cloudiness tomorrow with a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 81. Tomorrow night, watch for a severe thunderstorm in the evening, otherwise mainly cloudy. Those thunderstorms can bring flash flooding, large hail and damaging wind gusts. The low 67, clouds and sun for Saturday, a thunderstorm in the area, high 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We have uh, family members who live in the Virginia area, and uh, they're on a cross-country journey. This is a pandemic planned journey, about uh, 10 weeks or so. Uh, 10-week journey. Yep, driving around the country in their Winnebago, just recently retired. So this is their cherry on top of their reward. But uh, as they were getting underway, they they asked us to dog sit. So we're going to dog sit for a number of weeks. And uh, as the dog came our way, they were thankful because they said the dog has been um, obsessively lunging and swatting and then eating cicadas uh, in the backyard. <laughs> well, it's like snacks falling from the sky. Apparently it is because uh, <laughs> people have been going to emergency room vet- vets and saying, my dog ha- or my cat has been eating the cicadas. Uh, will there be, you know, cicada fungus? Is it toxic to dogs? Should I, you know, dissuade the eating of said insects? Sure. Right. I understand that. So the answers are no, apparently, and no. There's an article I just happened to come across in uh, the paper here. An emergency veterinarian at Friendship Hospitals for Animals in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. a city currently held captive by cicadas, says that no, eating a cicada will not make a dog or cat sick. Great news. But there's one okay, cicada. But what, but what if the dog is allergic to shrimp? <laughs> Remember right. we heard that the other day, that it's, you know, you can eat cicadas as a human, but not if you're allergic to shrimp. Right. Do you wonder if that carries over to the canine okay. community? So we hear this right now, you know, we have been largely, we have been immune to this in Western Pennsylvania, yeah. right? So, they don't want us over here. So will they find our way, you know, will the cicadas wake up from their, what, is it a seven 17 year slump? 17. Se- 17 years. Will that be next summer or the summer? Will they make their way north? No. Oh. No, really. As I understand, so somehow we've just missed. No, this. I under. Yeah, we've missed this. Okay. Yeah, because the, the the this particular variety is. I I mean, I'm not an entomologist, but um, is that right? Entomologist or etymologist? Yeah. Etymologist is words, right? Entomologist. Anyway, I believe that the brood X they are, they are all together in their 17 year span. They don't like United stagger as a group. Yeah, they don't stagger. Okay. Like there's not another brood X that comes out next year and another. I thought it like, might just be weather that would you know, no. determine. No, no, no. They're they're on a cycle and they're sticking to it. Fabulous. Okay, so 17 years we don't. Don't worry it. about it. Pretty good. 
All right. Uh, should we take a break? Yeah, I think we should. And when we come back, we're going to talk about a really difficult subject, addiction. The hopeless drunk, the addict. Is it hopeless? A pandemic within a pandemic. Yeah. David Lewis will join us from Adult and Teen Challenge of Western Pennsylvania. That's in a few minutes here on the ride home. Go ahead. WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New New music. Be all right. New music from Evan Kraft. Everything will be all right. Look what you've done from Tasha Layton. Look what you've done. And Sunday morning feeling from Apollo LTD. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just 3 bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... Doug. And we're back with Limu, Emu, and Doug for the final question. Category is things you climb. All right, Limu, what do you think? You sure? We're going with Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Uh, oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. The original Mattress Factory is always looking for good people to join our team. If you're interested in a sales, manufacturing, or delivery position, we offer competitive pay and exceptional benefits packages. Integrity and strong work ethic are essential because at OMF, we strive for excellence in all that we do. To learn more about our company and our unique business model, visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You can stop by any of our locations or visit the employment section on OriginalMattress.com to complete an application. We're all thinking a lot about school these days, like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Well, over the course of the 15-plus months of the pandemic, everyone has their own particular story of survival. But if you were or if you are uh, an addict or an alcoholic, 
Those 15 months, I think, for a lot of people proved to be devastating. Of course, uh, AA or NA meetings, like everybody, they went online, and uh, especially for newcomers in the rooms, to find your way in to experience, uh, experience strength and hope uh, was a very hard challenge. Well, David Lewis is with us. David's uh, one of the directors at Adult and Teen Challenge of Western Pennsylvania. He's got a story to tell as well. But, David, always good to have you with us. Thanks for coming along today. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. David, so essentially, um, the pandemic has created a pandemic within a pandemic, right? I mean, you think about the rise of uh, opioids and uh, the addicts that that has produced and the multitudinous of deaths that uh, opioid addiction has. Then you you know lay in uh, just your you know, garden variety uh, alcoholic or your garden variety drug addict. I'm sure at Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge, you've seen a rise of people coming in desperate for some peace. Yes, and and you hit it on the head in your intro. You know, a lot of individuals who struggle with addiction, uh, when all the shutdowns happened, the the lifeline they had, which was in churches and NA and AA meetings, celebrate recovery meetings, yeah. was just cut off overnight. So those things are all closed, and you know they tried to make up for it with Zoom and and technology, which which is good that that was available, but it wasn't enough for most people. So a lot of people fell back into their addiction. And then here's a funny thing too. Parents will understand this. You know, we actually saw a dip in people coming to us for help because they could say, oh, well, that's like a, a, a hospital setting. They might have COVID there. So you can't send me there, mom. I might mm. get COVID. We had that one a lot. So they use that as a reason not to get help, which is interesting, right? That, yeah. uh, you know, that's a dangerous place to be. So I'd say our, at Team Challenge, I think now we're finally starting to see the uptick in individuals coming back for help. That's good. Okay. So uh, then talk about this, right? So adult and teen challenge uh, for a lot of people, I mean, it's an act of desperation, right? I mean, they've been out on the streets or they've been, you know, a functional alcoholic or a functional addict, but then eventually the roof caves in and the pandemic sort of set the stage for that because everybody was isolated. So if you were an addict or an alcoholic, you could live, you know, whether it was happy or not, most likely it was not, you could live within that addiction and be surrounded by no one and just go on a tear. But now that the walls are coming down and people are back, you know, up in society once again, people need help. And so it's good to have some place to go to. It's a necessary component of what it is to be alive, you know, in this world today that you got to function again. So lose that addiction, lose that alcoholism for once and for all. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the formulas is uh, until the pain of the change is greater than the pain of staying the same you probably won't get help for an addiction. Mm. So as long as you're comfortable in your mess and you know you have your drug, your alcohol available, um, and you in your mind say, you know what, Th- you know this this will be fine. Because I mean, human beings are adverse to change naturally, right? We right. are. Um, but then when it comes to an addiction, you know, it's like, well, I'm fine, you know. And then a family member will always be frustrated with their loved one, like, you need help. No, I don't. I'm fine. And you're look. You're at the family member, or loved one, or like you're not fine. You lost five jobs. You had to be revived from an overdose. You you're you're on probation. Your wife left you. Your kids don't want to talk to you. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. So, <laughs> that's the biggest frustration and challenge. And and our counsel always to parents that are and loved ones is, you need to pray, that God would bring pain into your loved one's life. Yeah. And that does two things obviously the straightforward nature of that prayer and then the loved one if they have codependency or enabling issues which is the idea that well i don't want to see my son 
or daughter in pain. I must rescue them. Well, you praying that prayer to God is helping you with that issue too, because you need to release them to the Lord, right? You need to say, God, I can't do this anymore. God, you need to help my loved one. And then wait for God to do what he does best, which is answer that prayer for you, and things will start falling apart in your loved one's life. And that's where a place like Adult and Teen Challenge can step in at that moment of need when the person's ready for help, which you got to strike when the iron's hot. Right. You might only have a couple hours when they're like, okay, I'm done. I'll get help. And that can vanish in three hours. And you go, never mind. I'm good. Uh, someone gave me some money. So you got to be ready to, to pounce on that opportunity when they ask for help. David Lewis is with us from Adult and Teen Challenge. David, John and I were just talking um, in our uh, uh, off-air time. I was going to say pre-show meeting. What do you even call it? I don't know. Confab. Uh, we were just talking about the fact that it's going to take years to untangle uh COVID from, you know, our practices, our, um, the habits that we've gotten into, you know, a lot of people are never going to be the same as they were. And I'm not saying that that's always a bad thing. That can be a very good thing, but it's just, I think that it, it's time to acknowledge that we're all irrevocably changed through the experience. Um, so David, talk about what that might mean for people listening to the program who are struggling with addiction. Um, there's a good and bad side to that. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the good thing is I think that COVID helped people understand what's important in life and what's not. I think a lot of people, um, so, you know, sometimes people fall into addictions because they're creating anxiety and stress in their life from being too busy. Mm -hmm. And I think COVID showed a lot of people that I don't have to live my life with a nonstop busy schedule, right? I can, you know, I'm sitting at home with my family. I don't have to do all this activities and all these things. So I think that'll help. Uh, but of course, the downside is the isolation that it caused for many people um, is going to have to be something that they're going to have to work on and they're going to have to you know, come to grips with. You know, um, you know, a lot of introverts just had the time of their life for the last 16 months, right? right, right. <laughs> but uh, it's time to get back out there. And then if you picked up, you know, I don't know, I forget what the stat was, but you guys have probably heard it. If you could, you could fill me in uh, if I forget it, but the alcohol sales that have Oh that gosh. spiked by, you know, so, you know, there's there's a lot that we're going to have to untangle. And as far as adult and teen challenge is concerned, you know, our specialty is the person who's really lost it all, is deeply entangled in their addiction. And they come to our place for up to a year. Um, that's what makes us unique. It's a year long discipleship program where they can get that help they need uh, to that discipleship they need to change those habits. And Kathy, you're right. That, that's a good word. We've developed habits and habits have to be undone by other habits right. and that takes time yeah. so that's why many times um, other drug treatment centers who only offer a 30 to 60 day stay in an inpatient setting aren't as successful just because that's not enough time because uh, that's a very uh, enslaving habit uh, drug and alcohol addiction right you don't become an it's addict or an alcoholic overnight it takes a long time to build that up so that's interesting david okay so uh, what i love uh, about teen challenge what's interesting about it and and i think you know for some people they're leaning in and saying yes other people will be repelled by it that at the center of the work the teen challenge adult and teen challenge does is jesus i mean this is you know for lack of a better word and it's a generic term faith-based but Christ is all over this, and, and as new participants come in, and especially if you're going to sign up for the year, if you commit to the year, you're going to come out a, a different person if you say yes to Jesus in the midst of your sobriety. Yes, you will. So I, I myself am a byproduct of the program. In 2001, I came into that program broken, 
Uh, my parents in the court system basically forced me to go against, I, you know, I didn't really want to go. And that, let's dispel that myth. No one that comes in our doors wants to be there. It's not like a vacation where you're like, oh, I'm, uh, here I am. I'm loving to be here. No, everyone has to be pushed in. But once they come in, that's right. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and prayer and the Word of God to reveal to individuals what their actual problem is from a biblical worldview, and it's a sin problem. So many times, um, you know, drug treatment is dealt with as either a physical and or psychological problem. And certainly there's a sense in which we have to take seriously that there's a physical and psychological aspect to chemical addiction. Certainly it messes up your brain and it messes up your body. And many times people who get into addictions either have a pre-existing untreated psychological issue such as depression, anxiety, or it's developed because of the use of the chemicals on the back end. But we would say that the issue is a worship disorder is how we frame it. So we would say that the biblical worldview would say that it's idolatry. You're worshiping a plant that grows out of the ground. It's a false god. It's the creation instead of the creator that you're worshiping. And we know as Christians, you become like what you worship. So if you worship a false god, you are transformed into the image of that god. And that's why people with chemical addictions are impulsive, blind, deaf to their problems, uh, you know, all these things that transform their soul. So we believe the solution is if you worship the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ, and you come to faith in him and begin to worship him, that's where the transformation takes place away from those things. And you become someone who can suffer with Christ and deal with your issues and face reality head on. And, and then, of course, we also know the guilt and the shame that's involved in an addiction is extreme. So the only way I know to get out of that is to receive forgiveness from God and to say my identity is a forgiven sinner. And then that helps me deal with the fact that maybe I do have family members that have rejected me. I have done things that I regret that will haunt me for the rest of my life. Many of these guys that we work with, they've done, they'll never see their kids again, for example, because of stuff they've done. They'll, they have a criminal record that's going to haunt them for the next 10 years. You know? And how do you go cope with that? The only way I know is I have a new identity in Christ. And uh, that's my new base. That's my new foundation. And I go from there. Fabulous. That's a good word, David. All right. Uh, we're going to let you go. But before we do, people hear this and uh, they think, okay, uh, I'm not going to go in happily, but I, I get the message that David Lewis is talking about. People want to connect with you. What do they do? So the website is paatc.org, paatc.org. That's Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge if you Google it. And the number is 844-888-8085. Fabulous. David, always a pleasure. Thanks for the yeah, good word. David. Congratulations really on your sobriety. Fabulous Keep work. on keeping on. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. David Lewis, Adult Teen Challenge of Western Pennsylvania. Is that good work or is that good work? <laughs> oh, okay. We'll take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about the Olympics. Feels as though they're on, right? Yeah. Let's go to Japan. Feels as though they're on. Oh, my papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. I'm a little biased, but I think we five minor kids got the best dad around. Let's celebrate those special men in our lives with a Springhouse Father's Day steak fry and chicken barbecue. My brother Sam and his boys will crank up the barbecue pit outside and grill the chicken quarters and the New York strip steaks with our special 
Father's Day marinade. Come hungry for all the fixins to go with your steak or chicken hot off the pit. Top off the meal with a brownie or blondie, something to suit every dad's taste, or any of our other sweet creations. Of course, every dad is treated to a Springhouse ice cream cone, and we'll have live music all day, too. Visit the calves out in the play area and plan to have a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339, or springhousemarket.com. So I invested in one of those fancy new exercise bikes. And this thing is just really impressive. And without a doubt, a very special tool to help me get healthier. The problem is three days go by, then four, and I've done nothing. And then it's night five, and I'm sitting at the kitchen table, and I look down at myself, and I can't help but just laugh. Because there I am, wearing the exercise t-shirt that came with the bike, and I'm eating two corn dogs. It's Ryan. I think we'd all agree, the special tool only matters if we use it to our benefit. At United Faith Mortgage, we believe we have an advantageous tool for you, Word FM listeners. Our mortgage team is an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions. There's no middleman. And often, this allows us to get you a better rate on your refinance or new home purchase, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. and I've talked about this a few times over the last couple of weeks, will or will not the Olympics move forward in Japan? The answer is yes. Well, apparently the answer is yes. So Japan has cleared the way for holding its Summer Olympics on schedule by setting an end to the state of emergency and lifting vaccination to about a million shots a day. Thursday's developments in Japan today, combined with falling COVID infection numbers and rising public support for the Games, make it highly likely, I'm reading from today's Wall Street Journal, that the Olympics will start in Tokyo on July 23rd, barring a last-minute surprise such as renewed coronavirus waves. Quote, it's exactly because mankind has faced the pandemic that I want Japan to show that we can pull together to overcome the crisis, says Prime Minister Yoshida Shuga about the Olympics at a news conference today. Now, rates, COVID rates of infection have fallen by about 70 percent in Japan since April. There is an enthusiastic uh, public that is receiving the coronavirus shots. That wasn't the case a month ago. Right. Uh, Pressure on the system is also eased with more than a half of the hospital beds for COVID patients now vacant and trending down. Downward. Public opposition towards the Olympics uh, going ahead has softened as the country's overall um, health has improved. But it's still it's cost the Japanese government more than a billion dollars to counter 
the um, uh, the COVID measures oh, for the Olympics. Can you just for that? It's just not to mention the construction of facilities and dormitories and you name it. Right. And now they're saying, well, we expect people to play by the rules, but they're going to wait until late June, early July as to whether Japanese citizens will be allowed to. I view sure the hope games. they can. Can you imagine just being in front of in an empty stadium? Okay, speaking of, of stadiums, yeah. uh, history was made last night at the U.S. Olympic swimming trials. And, you know, my, my daughter's a swimmer. I, but even before my daughter was a swimmer, I loved to watch swimming at the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, who? Mark Spitz. Yeah. Do I need to say more than that? Anyway, for the first time ever, women are being allowed to swim the mile. That's 1,500 meters at the Olympic Games this year. That's never been allowed to happen. Men have been swimming the 1,500 since 1904. Oh, and women have been disallowed why? Exactly. Well, because they're women. <laughs> No other reason why. Anyway, okay. Katie Ledecky, she's 24 years old. Um, she went and won her shortest event, the 200 free. Then she had to show up for the medal ceremony. Then she did a pool deck interview, and then she dove in and won the 1500. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, now listen to this. What was so cool? Her medal that she got was given to her by Olympic gold medalist and distant swimming legend Janet Evans, who oh, was her role hilarious. model. Wow. Okay, can you imagine swimming a mile? Seriously. Can, I, can you? Can you? Could I swim? I could swim about 15 Could I swim back and forth? Yes. Could I do a third lap? Absolutely not. God bless me. All right. I'm looking forward to the Olympics. That's like one of those weird sort of television marathons. You go, I'm in for the next three weeks. Look forward to it. It's going to be a good summer. Alexa, to play the word Pittsburgh, to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Supreme Court has ruled in favor of a Catholic adoption agency that refuses to place foster children with same sex couples. Matt Staber is with Liberty Council. I'm very pleased to see that there is a continuing dedication to protecting free exercise of religion under the First Amendment, and this is another example. The High Court says the city of Philadelphia ran afoul of religious protections when it severed its relations with the Catholic Social Services Agency. The U.S. is voting more than $3 billion to advance development of antiviral pills for COVID-19 and other dangerous viruses that could turn into pandemics. The pills would be used to minimize symptoms after infection. They're now in development and could arrive by year's end. On Wall Street, stocks remain mixed. The Dow is down 253 points. The Nasdaq up 122. This is SRN News. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. We are examining God's control over all the affairs of this world, especially in connection with the COVID pandemic that has laid low our country and world. Although unbelievers deny God's control over all things, we as believers take great comfort that the God whom we serve, the God who therefore loves us, is in control not only of our lives, but of all that takes place in this world. This is why Paul could ask in Romans 8.31, If God be for us, who can be against us? Nothing, Paul continues, will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is true because all things are controlled by the hand of God. Since we as God's people are held within His tender care, we have nothing to fear. For information on our church, look up prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. 
you and I are infinite. When you've lived many lifetimes. What do I know that you need so bad? That's why you're here, to find out. The possibilities are infinite. We have fought one another for centuries. Hello, old friend. Mark Wahlberg. Let's go. You know what, man? I like you this time around. Infinite. Ready PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle could lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. Brought to you by NHTSA. Craig Schweiger's weekly show, Home is Where the Heart Is, will introduce you to the Ligonier Camping Conference Center. Executive Director Patrick Myers will join Craig and talk about their 100-year history and why they welcome over 8,000 guests per year. Federated Reverse Mortgage guides seniors with valuable information to help them stay in their homes and enjoy a more comfortable retirement. Plan to wake up at 7 a.m. Saturday for an informative show for seniors and their families. Home is Where the Heart Is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 59. Variable cloudiness tomorrow with a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 81. Tomorrow night, watch for a severe thunderstorm in the evening, otherwise mainly cloudy. Those thunderstorms can bring flash flooding, large hail and damaging wind gusts. The low 67. Clouds and sun for Saturday, a thunderstorm in the area, high 79. With your Mackie Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I think it's uh, safe to say that when you interview for a job, it is nerve-wracking, isn't it? I mean, nerve-wracking. Heck yeah. You walk into a room, you sit down, there's a total stranger in front of you. And you go through this process, right? And, you know, you're signaling things. The interviewer is also signaling things. There's this silent exchange of, you know, of language and body and emotion and all these things. Well, apparently, AI has changed the whole process. Uh, I'm looking at a piece that I saw from Associated Press that a, a woman, and they start off this article, that a woman interviewed for a job at Target last year. Okay. She didn't get the job. She did not know why. And um, here's what she did. She sat down for the job interview. No human interaction. The only interaction, human-wise, was a voice at the beginning of the no, job wait a minute. interview. Where did she sit down? For the In front interview? of a computer screen. At her house? Yes. She interviewed for a job at Target at her house? Yes. So there's a company wow. out of Utah, which okay. is the leading AI, AI job interview system in the country called higher view 
You sit down in front of a computer screen. There's a voiceover at the beginning talking about protocol, what's expected to look into the camera, all that thing, right? The the Zoom-centric thing, of course, that we're doing here, broadcasting the show as well. But then the computer will type questions to you, and you verbally have to respond to the questions. Okay, but it's not a person typing the questions? No. It's a pre-recorded algorithm Get out that of here. does the process. Get out of here. Right? So you go through the whole process. Now, in this article, the woman said, you know, I was rejected for the position that I was uh, looking for, and I, I received an email, and I don't know what I did right or did wrong to, you know, push the person away from me, the job opportunity away from me. This is becoming more and more common. Last year, this company, HireVue, again, the largest online employer in the in the country, interviewed more than five and a half million people over these algorithms. Okay. Now, this is the... Now, that is, I got to tell you, that's appalling. I can't imagine. I mean, I understand that there's a difference between someone looking for a job at Target and a fighter pilot. I mean, I guess I understand that there are different qualifications, right? But that doesn't mean that the person at Target can be interviewed by a computer. I just, I feel like that's just many steps too far. I believe it's a couple of things. It's probably cost savings, right? It's a lot easier if you're hiring hundreds, maybe perhaps thousands of people like Amazon does, instead of them having a gigantic HR uh, platform, instead they're using AI algorithms. That's so depressing. It really is depressing. So I I don't know what that means for the future of... So what, you're hired for a manufacturing job and you're hired by a computer? Right. This is the this is what the future what, is. So now we're going to have like these, you know, the training seminars that you can go to, especially the ones that are available online about how to present well at a job interview. You know, what to wear, what to say, what not to say. Right. So now they're going to have to do these for like how to impress the AI. Well, here's the weird thing. I mean, considering where we are today, you know, with people working remotely, you may be hired by a computer. You may you may never go into the office of the company that you're working right, you for. You may never meet working... anybody that you're working for right. or with. I mean, talk about complete and total isolation. It'd be easy to quit that job because you'd have absolutely zero personal ties. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you would do Zoom calls. I mean, people who are working remotely right now, you're doing Zoom, right, with your, with right. your work group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when we were doing Zoom for all those months, we already had an established relationship. Right. Imagine interviewing for a job you know, going only the job only being via Zoom, and you never previously having known anyone. Right, and I think Kathy, your point is well taken as well because, you know, someone whomever these computer experts are are developing algorithms, and so they're saying you know a lot of the hiring the positive people who are picked up for the jobs, it's a matter of speech, facial recognition. Right. But you know, you can. How do you even judge that? How do you, what's what's what is AI looking for? And then I think to myself, am I really like it's kind of humiliating that I'm as a job applicant looking to try to impress a computer. And then you think what has happened to the American or to the human race? Right. Forget the Americans. Well, I just think that that's It's everybody, right? I'm sure this is not an American no, only no, phenomenon, this is right? The world, this is without a doubt. Right, so I don't want to implicate just us in and this. And I believe, you know, because again, it's a cost-saving measure or a time-saving measure, it will become more and more common. That's just how it is. So well, how- don't throw your hands up. You have to be part of the solution. What? What is my solution? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, John, but figure it out because right. this is not – we can't possibly be moving forward in a society that interviews people 
by computer. Well, I, don't you think that, uh, this is interesting, too, because, you know, the age that we live in right now, don't you think that every algorithm also has biases developed by the people who are who's developing the programs? You just have natural built in biases. Right. right so you right. nothing is foolproof. So they're looking for a specific candidate. But around that thing. Right. There's all this window dressing that the programmers are also putting their own interpretation of what constitutes a good employee. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm sure in the old days, if you talk to hiring managers, a lot of hiring managers, would, a lot of hiring managers would say, I just have a good gut instinct about. this." Yeah. Right. And you, well, they're we, taking away right, the gut. We, right. There's no gut because right. AI doesn't have a gut. Right. OK. Let me totally from the unbelievably like digital to the unbelievably analog. Yep. Right before the news break at the top of the five o'clock hour, we were talking about the Olympics. And I was talking about Katie Ledecky, who had a terrific, terrific night for USA Swimming last night in the Olympic trials. She failed a job interview. No, let me tell you what she did physically in the time that she was at the pool last night. Okay, let me just tell you this. Now, this is just her competition. This is not her warm-up. This is not anything. She said she she swam a 200-meter race, okay, which I believe maybe she came in second, okay? That's four laps, Okay, in in the Olympic trials. Okay, she said she knew she was allowed to skip the NBC interview. She knew she was allowed to do that. But her goal was to get in the warm down pool as quickly as she could. But she decided to do the interview because she felt obligated. Right. She got in the warm down pool. She tried to keep moving. She stayed hydrated. She swam for 15 or 20 minutes before they pulled her back to give her the award. So they had to do like the medal ceremony at the trials. Okay. then on the way over to the awards, she said, I ate a banana. I drank some chocolate milk. I drank some water and I put my jacket on as I was walking, just trying to be as efficient as I could while still walking slowly so I wouldn't exert any more energy than I needed to because she was getting ready to swim the mile as a woman for the first time in competition. That's so cool. Right? So she got back in the pool. She decided to swim kind of moderately. And then she ended up just after that holding the fastest time in the mile for this year. That's fabulous. So I guess the... the uh, theme is chocolate milk, banana, and putting your jacket on slowly. <laughs> You're trying to be intentional about your movements, right? You're trying to save every precious thing. That's super cool. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come By the back, way, that's 30 laps. Oh, my gosh. Again, half a lap, I'm done. The social media examined life is not the one that sustains us. Karen Swallow Pryor joins us next. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. Gratitude has been described as the healthiest of all human emotions. Think about it. If you live with praise and thanksgiving to God, it counteracts any toxic negative emotion in your life. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Cram. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Are you dealing with personal or business tax issues with the IRS? Does the thought of wage garnishments, bank levies, tax penalties, or having to engage with the IRS worry you? Owing taxes to the IRS or state can be stressful, and ignoring them can make your situation worse. At Federal Tax Law Group, we help individuals and businesses reduce debts and negotiate with the IRS Fresh Start Program. Our assistance can save you from drowning in taxes and may even keep you free of prosecution. With over two decades of experience, our tax 
tax professionals understand your needs and will customize a tax solution that's in your best interest. Call Federal Tax Law Group at 800-500-9172 for a free consultation to discuss resolving your tax problem. That's 800-500-9172. Again, 800-500-9172. Or visit us online at federaltaxlawgroup.com. Well, by now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like First Baptist Christian School of Butler. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com tuitions. Will we, at some future point in our lives... Look back at the uh, the rise of social media and say, boy, that was ridiculous. That's where it all went south. What were we thinking? That was just not good for any of us, either personally or societal. Well, Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor is with us. Dr. Pryor is a research professor of English and Christianity and Culture at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. She is the author of most recently on Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Literature. Karen's also co-editor of Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in Contemporary Issues, and uh, also as a columnist at Religion News Service, where we found this piece, The Social Media Examined Life is Not the One That Sustains Us. Dr. Pryor, welcome back. It's great to be with you guys. Yeah, Karen, good to talk to you. Earlier in the program, we were talking to David French, uh, who I know is a friend of yours as well, and uh, we were batting around some of the developments at the Southern Baptist Convention. And the, one of the first things that either popped out of his mouth or my mouth first—I'm not which one—I'm not sure which one—is how different um, we thought it was going to go based on what we saw on Twitter versus what actually happened. And we were like reminding the three of us, John and David and I were reminding ourselves that, you know, we spend a lot of time in that medium, but that's not real life. And that does that's not even representative of the Christian culture. It's not even representative of the American culture. Um, and it's hard to remember when that's just so much a part of what we do for work and what a lot of people do for play. Absolutely. I mean, that now cliche Twitter is not real life. It's so true. It really isn't. I mean, I think that I don't. I think the ten closest people to me in my life 
um, uh, none of them are on Twitter. <laughs> and I think most of us would probably be able to say a similar thing yep. about the people in our real lives, that, yeah. that, that they are just not part of that. Yeah. So what does it mean then? Um, because we want to do, we want to honor Christ and do all things well. And, you know, you've had a tremendous impact on Twitter, Karen. I very much appreciated how you've interacted on the medium. So I don't think it's irredeemable, but it can also take over. So how do you, I don't know, how do you make good judgments about how to interact and how much? Oh, that, that is the question, it isn't is. it? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, because my, my academic specialty is the early modern period with the rise of print culture, when, when literacy was on the rise and books yeah. and, and reading, um, there, there are actually some strong parallels. Digital media is as new in our culture and as revolutionary as print culture was 300 years ago. So I think it's an important place to be and to form as much as we can while realizing that it is also forming us in mm. the same way that print culture changed change the world. Um, and so I think we have to be mindful. And for me personally, I actually just feel like it's a place that I'm called to, um, it's kind of like a mission field. And like you said, it, it, it is redeemable, I think. Um, and we will only find out if those of us who use it try to redeem it. And that's what I'm there trying to do. Right. Okay. So, Karen, then the reality of, you know, the online life versus I would call reality, you really sort of uh, crystallize this really deeply in the social media examined life is not the ones that sustains us. You tell the story of you as a young newlywed and you and your husband literally not having two nickels to rub together and you were in search of something. Can you tell us that story about the, the house and the friend and how that all worked out? And of course, in relationship to where you are now. Yeah, I, I what I you know, of course, the context of that is I'm talking. I, I make an aside in the in the piece about how I'm so glad that I was not formed by the world of social media. I you know I grew up way before that. I grew up. I was formed by books, but I also had this experience when I was about four or five years old of, of visiting uh, some distant relatives in this in this country brick home uh, with a, a brook in the back and this lovely couple that was older and they just made an impression on me and I didn't realize really until much later in life um, how my life has come to resemble theirs and how uh, when my husband was, was looking for an apartment that we thought we were going to rent as I we moved for my new job and um, and then I had a friend from church offer us money to buy a house. <laughs> he went on on the search on his own because I had I had not gone on the trip because I thought we were just looking for an apartment and um, and he came home with a picture of this this abandoned old brick house that was a lot like the one that I had dreamed of since I was a little girl and uh, you know not that this is going to happen to everyone but I realized that. This image, this thing that formed me and and gave me a vision to aspire to was something good and deep and valuable and how that contrasts so much with with what we see out there today and how people are aspiring to be like their favorite social influencer or Instagram account. And that's just so shallow and such a such a a trap for all of us, I think. Well, and I know we've, the three of us have talked about this and thought about this ad nauseum, but the lore of the clicks, the lore of the likes is really, um, I mean, it just, it reaches into, you know, the deepest parts of our psyche, the parts of us that want to be liked, want to be affirmed, want to be noticed. Um, And so it's, you know, after you watch The Social Dilemma, Karen, have you seen it? I... 
think no, I think I saw the movie about the social network. That's a different title, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, I haven't the, seen the social dilemma. Yeah, the yet, social so. dilemma. You know, is this documentary about you know how the the tech giants are you know manipulating our daily life and that the manipulation of daily life is actually changing the things that we want, mm-hmm. the kinds of things that we long for, right? And that's what makes it so pernicious or potentially so, right? Is that it's getting at the deepest parts of us, and if we're not careful, it can change us. Like forever. I think, I mean, I've read a good deal about this, and it's actually true. I mean, there is science that go, and a lot of dollars that go into forming these uh, social media platforms to do exactly what you just said. It's not just our natural personality and will against the medium. It, it's more than that. It, it, it is, there are strategies employed to work against our uh, us and and toward these these lure the lure of the clicks and we have to we really have to be mindful of that and I you know I, I've said before I've been on before uh, I am sure I'm addicted to social media um, and to my phone in a way that I never could have imagined even a few years ago um, and it certainly is offers many gifts that part of it is I do my research that way if they answer my emails through my phone there's so much I can do but at the same time it's definitely reshaping my brain and reshaping my very body uh, and my attention span and uh, we really need to be aware of that and count the cost right and so Karen you know there you are as a, as a teacher and so every school year there you're surrounded by hundreds if not thousands of young hungry minds and you know I'm sure you, you think about this as well what does this do to us? You know, and, and you, of course, as well, teaching great literature and knowing, you know, the, the heroes and the villains mm-hmm. of, of past great stories. What will we be like as a species, as a country, as a nation, as a world, you know, when we're overridden by this, you know, quick click or I want to be, you know, the uh, influencer or the entertainer as opposed to someone who's involved in deeper thought and wider conversations and stronger visions of what it is to be good and true and holy. Uh, in some ways, you know, you don't want to be an alarmist or a naysayer, but y- your heart has to grieve. I, I think mind, mind grieves for what we're wading into. It doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be a positive move we're headed into. Well, I think we've already seen some of the effects of that. We've seen, I mean, this polarization that we are experiencing as a country, and I'm not even, it doesn't even matter which side of whatever issue you're on, the polarization itself is a product of the social media algorithms and, and the clicks and the likes. We're just driving us further. Whatever our tendency was, is driving us further toward that and the other side further toward theirs. So we're seeing that. And astonishingly enough, and I've probably talked about this on the show before, but um, Neil Postman predicted this so well in hmm. his 1985 work, Amusing Ourselves to Death, in the introduction or, or the preface, or, no, the foreword it was that he wrote, where he talked about the vision that George Orwell had in 1984 of us being overtaken by a totalitarian government versus the, the vision of um, Aldous Huxley in Brave New World, where we gave in to our desires and our pleasures and our comfort. And Orwell says that the, the, the electronic age, now we would call it the digital age, shows that Huxley was right. Isn't that fascinating? Wow, Karen. I that, think it is. Yeah, that that has a lot of resonance to it, right? Simply because of the amount of time that has elapsed since then, just the accuracy of the prediction. 
Absolutely. And, you know, he, this was before the, the, the Internet. He was talking about television, um, but he was talking about image-driven yeah. culture versus yeah. a word-driven culture. And, and we've just gone further and further into, into that. And right. And I don't know well. how we get out of it, Karen. I seriously, you know, I, John and I talk about this regularly because, you know, we're on video every day now. So our, you know, our daily preparation, the daily output of the show is, of course, on radio as it always has been. But now it's streamed. Now it's on video. Now all of a sudden it's a whole different type of production. It's a different type of preparation. Presentation. And there's a different type of pre- presentation. Everything is so... Um, so different and and more appearance focused and more I don't know the the whole social media thing and wanting to know how many people are viewing and how many people are are interacting and all those sorts of things have become a daily feature of life and I I, I don't see a way to back out of that but I also am consistently challenged every day at how 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 can we redeem that how how do i in my own personal life take that in and still produce well but not get crazy you know not let it not let it corrupt us inside i guess that that's what i'm saying you feel the same way i do but i think when we look at history and we see first of all human nature doesn't change the human condition doesn't change and also that we will see we see pendulum swings from one extreme to another. Mm-hmm. I think that we are living in a moment of excess where we have yet to harness and to to understand first and then to harness this power. Mm-hmm. And I think later generations will see it in the same way. And this is, you know, other people have said this, but in the same way that we can't imagine putting a kid in a car without a, a car seat or a seatbelt, right. but they did that, you know, in the first era of, of the automobile. And now we, we recognize dangers that they didn't see then. And I think we will come perhaps to that place in digital media and, and other generations will look at our excesses and not be able to believe we were doing that. <laughs> that's good. To be honest, yeah. Karen, that's the best word I've heard in a while. Yeah, and you know what? A moment it, of excess. Yeah, I like that. I just put, I'm just, I'm going to tweet it out in a minute because I like it so much. Oh, that. look, there we yeah. go. I uh, see. That's what I'm reinforcing exactly all the negative <laughs> things we're talking about but no it's so good a you know ti- i tweet my life away <laughs> a time of excess you know that is a real moment. a moment of excess that's yes. even better a moment mm-hmm. of excess um all right karen so listen our time's almost up talk about your work talk about what you're immersed in right now what other than social media talk about what's giving you life oh yeah well i am uh, working on my next two installments in my classic series yeah. so next Fabulous. year i'll be releasing my own editions of the scarlet letter and test of the durbervilles oh my gosh no and, wait a minute you know, Wait a minute. Have you been waiting your whole life to do Tess of the Durbervilles like this? This must be like the apex of your emotional life. Well, I, Jane Eyre was that, but Tess is second. Okay. So, yes. Got it. So, yeah. Um, and then in a, in a week or two, I expect to announce uh, my next book, my you know, my original real book that I'll be that's exciting. Um, publishing in the next year. So, yeah, you're the first to, to hear about this. So, um yeah, listen for details. Excellent. Terrific! I'm geeked about it. I shouldn't. Tw- I shouldn't tweet about that. I'll yes. try to keep it to myself and all of our listeners. Karen, we, we admire you, and I, I just wonder. You know, your mind is so active. I mean, you're so engaged spiritually, intellectually. What's it like? You know, when you lay your head on the pillow, do you have a moment of like total collapse? I, I usually have moments of panic. To be oh, good. Okay, at least you're like us. I really that is so comforting, John. Karen panics too. I love that. But the dogs make it better, yeah. They they do. Yes, they do. The dogs, the country, the chickens. So it all balances it out. Hopefully. Good. That's terrific. Thanks, That's, Karen. Yeah. Really good to hear your voice. It's good to talk to you guys.
That's Dr. Karen Swallow-Pryor. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter. I know we were just talking about I'm Listen, I'm just telling you, she's a redeeming presence on there, so why not follow her? I'm it's gonna, a vicious cycle. I'm going to tweet something out right it's now. It's a about dog it. chasing its tail. Where does it go? Take a break. Am I the dog to, in the story? Well, I believe so. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to finger point. Does this make sense? It's coming up next. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly or quarterly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Booze 100% Satisfaction Guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Hi, this is Robert Jermolowski, owner of Doing It Right Roofing, Siding, Remodeling. Looking for a new roof or siding upgrade? Call us for a free estimate at 724-NEW-ROOF or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 59. Variable cloudiness tomorrow with a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Tomorrow we'll see a high of 81. Tomorrow night, watch for a severe thunderstorm in the evening, otherwise mainly cloudy. Those thunderstorms can bring flash flooding, large hail, and damaging wind gusts. The low 67. Clouds and sun for Saturday, a thunderstorm in the area, high 79. With your Mackey Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is Make Sense. 
Does what make sense? Silver. Silverware. And when I say silverware, I don't want you to think of like stainless steel stuff. I mean the real thing. There is a difference, isn't there? There is a difference. Now listen, it's more expensive. It's harder to take care of. Needs polishing. Some of it can't be put in the dishwasher. My question, does it make sense? Right. At the risk of sounding elitist, I think it makes perfect sense. Because there's something about holding, like, say, a fork. Yep. A dinner fork. Yes. There is some weight and heft. There's also some beauty, some craftsmanship. Um, I'm a worse person that I don't use our silverware, Mm -hmm. like, for everyday use. Oh, yeah. You are. Right? You are. Um, we just I, don't mean bring to pile, it out. I don't mean to pile well, on, I know but this. I'm just I'm going just, to. You bring it out for like, you know, holidays oh, or a, yeah. a don't, special don't company. Like, don't live like that. And I go, well, I like to feel this in my hands as an instrument, as a tool, as a piece of art. Yes. It makes it, sense to yes, me. Yes, and it is. Everything you said, man, I am totally behind. All right, I didn't know that. And listen, for people who think I could never afford silver, i got to be honest with you. I got a setting for eight at the Regent Square yard sale about what? four years ago. Really? $5. What? 5 Somebody was desperate to get rid of that silverware. They weren't. They were tired of polishing it. was just it. sitting. They were. They didn't even care. And it came in a in a box. silver box. Oh, that's very nice. Five bucks. Five okay. bucks. Service rate. Right. So you can find it. A lot of people don't want to use it. People don't want to take care of it. Mm-hmm. It's available. All right. Silverware. That's for the refined tastes. Now, does this make sense? A little less refined. Had some lunch with a friend of mine the other day. He ordered an appetizer of fried onion rings. Oh, people. Onion rings. Does that make sense? No, he was enjoy. He ate that whole big basket of onion yeah, rings. Yeah, he did. And then after lunch was over, I said... Did he dip it? Oh, yeah. In? Some French dressing. Or, I'm sorry, ranch dressing. Ranch dressing. But then when lunch was over, I said, let me drive you home. The car yeah. smelled like an onion field. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I get it. You could you could deep fry a roof shingle, and it would be appropriate to eat it because anything deep fried tastes good. Mm-hmm. But onion rings really make sense. No, but I love them anyway. Right. You're going to contaminate the people around you. I don't think there's any question about it. Yeah. But if you're talking a a nice onion that is dipped in how about the really thick beer batter oh, yeah. that you would put a fish sandwich in yeah how about the vidalia onion deep fried fabulous uh-huh. and what if you just forget the ranch dressing dressing let's just dip it in ketchup let's be yinzers oh. and carry it through the way it should be done listen silver makes sense onion rings make sense 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are you raising kids that count for the cause of Christ? My chief desire for my kids is not that they be wealthy, not that they be famous, but that they will love the Lord Jesus Christ and count in His cause kids that will count for God. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, Fortifying Your Family, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. 
To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. <laughs> What's it called again? SelectQuote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Selectquote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Don't let pests scare off your returning customers. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. Get a free quote on a monthly pest control and sanitation plan without a long-term contract that'll clean them up, block them out, push them back, and remove pests safely. Backed by Boo's 100% satisfaction guarantee. When it comes to protecting your business and your guests, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. <clears throat> okay. Research shows that people remember radio ads with repetition. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here's a repetitive ad. <sighs> only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. They get our kids to school safely. Okay, so walk me through how you got to this answer. They provide critical support in the classroom. Mmm, chicken sandwich, my favorite. They keep students nourished so they're ready to learn. I'm an outie. They are there when accidents happen. Oh, you're going to need a Band-Aid. And they keep our schools beautiful. School bus drivers, custodians, nurses, paraeducators, just a few of the education support professionals who help schools in Pennsylvania run smoothly every day. This is Rich Askey, treasurer of the Pennsylvania State Education Association. They ensure that our students have a safe ride to school, healthy meals, and a clean environment to learn. So take a moment to say thank you to the ESPs in your school. A message from the Pennsylvania State Education Association. Years ago, in my uh, early 20s, I moved to New York City. At the time, there were probably about, uh, I don't know, 8 million people living in New York City. Mm -hmm. Of your closest friends. <laughs> and I, I moved there, and, you know, again, I'm like 22. I knew one person 
one person out of that 8 million people. And, you know, I make a living, I get a job. But I always bet you I was like eight or nine months into living in New York City. And I'm coming off my job. And I was like, I physically hurt. There was something wrong with me, like physically or spiritually. There was there was like a, a moment of like crying out in despair. And I remember like, you know, being on 34th Street and thinking, God, hey, God, all these people in this city. And I really am not connected with anyone. And it was like I was lonely. And I I told my friend about this, you know, after I saw him a few days later. I was like, I can't believe how lonely I am in this city of 8 million people. And it grieves me. It hurts me in some way. Hmm. So, you know, you think about where we've just come from with the pandemic. And I, yeah. I know this is a fact, right? In cities and suburbia and country all over this great country and around the world, how many people experience that same emotion? The physical feeling of despair being cut off from the world and not having an intimate exchange, a conversation to look someone in the eye and say, see me, talk to me, let's engage somehow. There's a balm and a healing when you do that. We're happy to welcome back to the show uh, Charlotte Dolan. And Charlotte's written a book. It is called The Great Belonging, How Loneliness Leads Us to Each Other. Charlotte, welcome back to the show. Oh, can't hear Charlotte. Charlotte, are you there? There we go. Terrific. Now, Charlotte, I want, I'm just guessing by the, the past conversations we've had and your writing that that story of John's resonates with you. Oh, definitely. Um, can you hear me? I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a very um, common story, um, especially during the pandemic, as you mentioned, uh, a a friend who um, is a therapist and has a podcast about mental health and um, faith, Robert Vore, he said something, um, you know, even though we can talk like this on Zoom or on FaceTime, he's like, the screen doesn't have a soul. And yeah. I was like, yes, that's part of what's happening. Even though we can engage and have even a really pretty good encounter through a screen, the, sc- the soulless screen is still separating us. So, um, yeah, it's very common, especially um, people who are in huge cities with people all around them, even without a pandemic, feel lonely and isolated a lot. Yeah. We were talking to one of our good friends, Hugh Ross, who's an astronomer. Um, this was years ago. We've talked to Hugh so many times and he was just, you know, letting us in on the difference between, you know, he spent some time in his life living in cities. He spent some time, you know, living out in the Pacific Northwest in a more rural setting. And he said what what's so interesting to him is how much lonelier he was in cities than he was out in the natural world. And he said there was just something about, he, and you know, perhaps he impartial couldn't even put a finger on what it was, but maybe it was the fact that there were so many people around him that just accentuated the fact that he didn't know them or they didn't know him. Or maybe it was the fact that he felt more at home in the natural creation. I don't know. Um, I'm sure people experience things like that and people would probably look at it differently. Charlotte, how do you see it? Well, I see it both ways. Um, I can see how being around millions of people who you don't know could make you feel or would make me feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also being in the natural world does um, reduce our sense of loneliness. There are 
you know, studies that show this, um, that even having a plant in your office will help you feel less alone. Um, so another living thing. I'm sorry. Another living thing. Yes. You need another living thing. And then if you're outside in a rural area with gorgeous creation all around you, it's going to emphasize that even more, um, that connection to the world, to God, to, um, the natural beauty around you. Right. But Charlotte, I mean, I think like myself, I thought that my loneliness and somehow was abnormal, but it is true Mm -hmm. though, right? I mean, loneliness is just part of the human condition for better or worse. Yes, it's definitely part of the human condition. And I I mean, I think some people feel it more deeply than others. Um, I think some people are better at um, avoiding it, like denying it, being really busy and having things to do so they don't have to sit with their loneliness. Um, And then, you know, there are reasons that you could be lonelier than usual. You know, if people who struggle with depression or anxiety um, might feel lonelier. I, I'm always quick to say loneliness is not a mental, um, illness, but it can be a symptom of mental illness. Mm, Um, so that's how I like to delineate it. Um, but I think a lot of people put it in the mental illness category, which makes it seem further off and, oh, that's not, I'm not that, you know, but, um, I mean, I'm fine with, I have mental illness, so I live with it and I'm, I'm very honest about that, but I think loneliness um, is, you know, way more common. I would say everyone experiences it at some point in their lives. And um, if if there's someone out there who has never felt lonely, I would love to meet them. Yeah, <laughs> right, isn't that right, the truth? Right. Oh, so, the so truth? then what about then through a, a Christian view, right? I mean, you could ascribe that, you know, anyone's loneliness and somehow is just the absence of God in their lives, that there's a hole in all of us, and until God fills that hole up, well, then we won't be lonely anymore. Is that true? Well, I agree with that to a certain extent. In the book, I do write about the um, idea of core loneliness and how there is even, let's say we have wonderful and um, flourishing relationships with ourselves, others, God, everything around us, there still may be this sense of core loneliness that's there mm-hmm. because this is not our home. This is not yeah. our ultimate place. And until we um, are a hundred percent in eternity, we might feel that core loneliness. Um, and then from another faith standpoint, I would say, I mean, the way I view it and the way, I, um, you know, the approach I take with my spiritual direction clients is when we belong to ourselves, others, God, and the world around us in whichever way that might be through the natural world, through art, through the places we inhabit, um, our sense of belonging is going to be really strong. If one of those primary belongings slips for some reason, say in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. and you're no longer able to see other people as often, or um, if you live alone and you haven't hugged anyone in a year, you will experience loneliness, but it is possible for those other belongings to increase that kind of helps one navigate 
that one particular area of loneliness. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's, that seems like, it sounds just like healthy behavior, right? Is that yeah. you're just, right, you're learning to wait you know what you're learning to you're learning to figure out where to you know take something from one place and have it make up for a deficit in the other yes and i've experienced and my clients have too like let's say there's a they fill a block with god with their relationship with god for some reason and let's say there's an aha kind of moment opening in that relationship and that belonging deepens the other belongings are going to deepen too it, they're all kind mm -hmm. of connected and you know especially our our intimacy with God, um, which I believe is, you know, the root of all of our belongings. Um, it just makes sense that if we are experiencing more intimacy with God, then that will carry over mm -hmm. into our other, um, belongings with ourselves, with other people and, um, other things around us. Right. And I, what, what about the intentionality of it all? I mean, you know, I, I've been uh, reading a book about, uh, the contemplatives and the, you know the the men and women who voluntarily pull back from society, right? And they they live in isolation. Mm -hmm. They don't see anybody for maybe you know certainly months, maybe years on end. I mean that sort of self imposed isolation. I, I imagine you know the great saints among us. They you know they transcend loneliness in somehow as a sacrifice to be closer to God. You know there's a, a spiritual discipline there. Definitely, and um. You know, people who have read my book who don't know me may be shocked. You know, I love silence and solitude. Like, I left last week. I left my family. I went and stayed at a friend's house alone by myself, and it was glorious. <laughs> um, so I get that desire. And I did, like, I experienced some really good time, you know, in that silence and solitude in a spiritually nourishing way. Um, I cannot understand that. <laughs> Um, pulling, you know, desert fathers, desert mothers pulling away and living in a cave yeah. forever. I can't relate to that at all. Um, but I do know, I mean, I can imagine that their intention was to be with God, give themselves fully to God. And I would say, you know, being with other people also helps us be closer yeah. to God. Yeah. Um, so that's a good way to look at it. Right. Different, you know, different approaches for different people and different people mm -hmm. at different times. Well, Charlotte, it's always yeah. a pleasure to have you on the show. Really nice to see you on Zoom and be able to interact yeah. with you that way. So thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that's Charlotte Donlin. Uh, the Great Belonging is her book. And it's just, it's really interesting. If you've ever had that sense of core loneliness, then you're going to really resonate with that, I think, and really learn a lot from it. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Local news. Workers at a family dollar in Garfield, uh, they quit. We'll talk about that next. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through dollar 
Baylor Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through June 30th. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Everything that we do in the office is to provide a comforting feel to you and your family. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. We do value the time that you spend at our office, and we understand that you don't have hours and hours because lives are crazy nowadays. But we want to really make sure that the time you're spending with us is efficient and effective and works for you as an individual. Harry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Now is the time to get a new job. Express Employment Professionals never charges job seekers a fee and has more than 35,000 job openings with high demand in construction, driving, logistics, and administrative jobs. Find a location near you at expresspros.com or on the Express Jobs app. Craig Schweiger's weekly show, Home is Where the Heart Is, will introduce you to the Ligonier Camping Conference Center. Executive Director Patrick Myers will join Craig and talk about their 100-year history and why they welcome over 8,000 guests per year. Federated Reverse Mortgage guides seniors with valuable information to help them stay in their homes and enjoy a more comfortable retirement. Plan to wake up at 7 a.m. Saturday for an informative show for seniors and their families. Home is where the heart is, where mortgage meets ministry. Saturday mornings at 7 on 101.5 FM WORD. old song take this job and shove it i ain't working here no more i don't know who did that but yeah i remember it okay i mean that was like sort of like a blue collar anthem for you know a couple of decades well yeah apparently in garfield the family dollar staff took it seriously they certainly did um so according to kdk tv the uh, in the pittsburgh post gazette a family dollar store in garfield the entire staff has decided to call it quits um apparently the uh, staff left en masse, I think it was like three or four people, and they put a sign in the door that says, staff quit, y'all be easy. <laughs> staff quit, y'all be easy. Now, so KDK, they went outside the store and they started talking to people and they said, someone says, hey, it's been kind of shaky when it's hit or miss that they're going to be here when you come over because they say that they don't have enough staffing. So, apparently, you know, we'll just be easy. I like it. Just be easy, y'all. Okay. All right. Also, Pirates have announced reopening Ooh. celebrations. Right. So that'll be over the 4th of July weekend, mm. if I'm not mistaken. That will include some musical performances, fireworks. Right. And that, and the reopening means, of course, that there's no more restriction on how many people can come into the ballparks. <laughs> so the Pirates <laughs> don't have that excuse anymore. Hey, no one's showing up because, well, the restrictions are in place other right. than we're just the worst team in Major League Baseball. So don't spend your good money here. Exactly. So maybe. 
maybe if, you know, they do the big reopening thing, which I hope is a big hit because I love to go to the ballpark and I, I do love the Pirates. But, like, what if they do the grand reopening and, eight, and still 8,000 people show up? Well, they're making a big effort. Like, they're doing, like, fireworks night and bo- yeah, yeah. they're going to give away every T-shirt on the face of the planet, every bobblehead. Are they're they giving complete- away, Are they giving away like, Jay Hay shirts uh, and, like, uh, McCutcheon shirts? I mean, look. Uh, I-, I was looking at my Jordy Murdy. Jordy Murdy? Jordy Mercer. Uh, signed baseball in my office yeah. today. Just thinking back to the good old days, you know, like when you knew the players. Right. You knew they were. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to go, and I and I want to go. At the same time, I'm kind of torn because... You haven't gone once this year. No, I haven't. I haven't either. No, because I, 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 you don't want to encourage the, you know, the ownership, because, again, we're in that rebuilding phase. So, y- you know, you're being just kind of played in some way, and you don't want to feel like a sucker walking in. But I do love... I just want to sit outside and watch a ball game. I love it so much. Because that's so beautiful, right? Hey, um, I want to talk about... Um, uh, Rachel Bunny Mellon. Now, if you're a certain old Pittsburgh age, money. Oh my gosh! If you're a Pittsburgher and you've you know lived here most of your life, of course you know that the Mellon family and the Mellon banking empire they ruled this city for well over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rachel Bunny Mellon, of course, uh, uh, part of the Mellon family. It was uh, disclosed by her son today that uh, they sold the Cape Cod family home, which is so. Tragic. It's so it's so far away. I mean, can you imagine? Cape Cod is so far away from Penn Avenue. Right. Imagine having that be your like retreat. Right. Well, the Mellon family, the last surviving older heir of the Mellon uh, fortune, has sold the Cape Cod family home for an estimated price of nineteen point eight million dollars. The seven point four four acre property where the heiress and horticulturalist showed off her green thumb sits on a bluff overlooking Oyster Harbor. And again, it's not East Liberty, it's not even Zelianople, it's Cape Cod. So uh, I guess fairly well. Did they show you the inside on the Wall Street Journal uh, article? They do. Yeah. Is it lovely? It's lovely, both inside and out, as you might imagine. It really it is. I mean, that's, oh, that's yeah, that is very, I'm thing. looking at it now myself. Yeah. That's very nice. I mean, remember when Mellon Bank was a force here? And of course, when they disappeared, sure. you go, now they're what? They're BYN Mellon. Or, BN, or BNY, BNY Mellon. BYN. <laughs> The Sorry. BYOB Melon. A production of Salem Media Group.